welcome to Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. My name is Ryan Doze, I am your host, and I am so excited to have you along on this episode today because on today's episode we are jumping back into our Jason Aaron retrospective. Now, if you've been with us for the three three other parts of this retrospective, you know that Jason Aaron is a writer of Thor that I hold very near and dear to my heart. His stories were really the first Thor stories I ever read after the original Thor movie came out. I was looking for other comics to engage with, and his stories just resonated with me. I loved them, and that's why leading up to Thor Love and Thunder... That movie in July is going to feature a lot of Jason Aaron themes in it, a lot of his characters and parts of Thor's world that he has a very big imprint on. So leading up to that movie, we are going to do most of, if not all, of his run. I am really going to try to do the majority of his run on Thor, but as we get closer and closer, there's so much Thor that I want to cover. There's so many parts of his world that I want to make sure you have access to through the podcast. So we're going to do our best. And on today's episode, we are going to do part four. This is going to be covering a story called The Last Days of Midgard. These are actually the last few issues in Jason Aaron's part of his run called Thor, God of Thunder. This is uh, uh, an integral part of Thor's story. And in today's episode, we are bringing back some guests. Haley Hobbs and Brian V. Klein from Source Pages are coming back on the show to talk about part four of our retrospective and to cover this awesome, huge, mega story. There's so much that we're going to talk about in here. Thor fights a mega corporation run by a minotaur, Be you know, obviously. He's going to fight some trolls that we're familiar with. My guy Ulick shows up and... King Thor in the future is going to fight against Old Man Galactus. It's going to be a complete uh, thrill ride of a of a podcast today, so I'm glad that you are here to listen. Before we get started, I do want to thank those who have joined us on Patreon. Thank you for joining the Thor Core. I hope you're enjoying those episodes, the exclusive Patreon podcast. I've got issues that we do every few weeks. I really enjoy doing that show because I'm able to talk about more of the comics that I'm reading outside of the world of Thor. Like we talked about Marvel's Dark Ages by Tom Taylor. I love that series. It is so much fun and it just wrapped up recently. So I'm going to have to cover the last issue sometime very, very soon. Then we also talk about DC Comics. Like, what in the world? I usually cover only Marvel, but now I'm going to cover some DC stuff over on Patreon. There's also going to be some short stories that I've written just from my brain about characters within Thor's world. If you enjoy uh, reading a little bit, (laughs) I know that this is an audio medium, and I'm saying, hey, if you enjoy reading, but you enjoy comics, most likely, if you're checking this out. So if you want to read some other stories... I'm going to be releasing some untold tales over there on our Patreon. So click the link in the episode description below and uh, check out our Patreon. We would love to have you support us there and join the Thor Corps. But on today's episode, we're going to jump back in to my favorite thing that we're doing on the podcast right now, this Jason Aaron retrospective with Brian and Haley from Source Pages covering the last days of Midgard.
Okay, everybody, we're here for part four of our Jason Aaron retrospective, where we are going through the Thor run of Jason Aaron to uh, get us to Thor Love and Thunder. The movie is coming out in July. It is going to be a ton of fun. And there's several different aspects of the movie that are going to be informed by Jason Aaron writing Thor namely Gore the God Butcher and Jane Foster becoming uh, worthy to wield Mjolnir. But there's other aspects of how Jason Aaron writes and creates Thor stories that I wanted to highlight with this retrospective. We have come to part four, where we are going to look at issues 19 through 25 of Thor, God of Thunder. These are all collected in an edition called The Last Days of Midgard. And we're going to talk about this story with my two esteemed guests who joined us on last part for uh, the Accursed storyline, Brian V. Klein and Haley Hobbs from Source Pages. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for, Thanks for having, having us. Again. We're, so if you uh, are unfamiliar about Source Pages, uh, Source Pages is uh, a reading collective where mm -hmm. they they do all the hard work so you can go to the movies with the most knowledge possible. Is that a fair way of saying it, guys? <laughs> hard, the hard work is definitely in quotations. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard work in the sense that we get to read comics and take extensive notes and discuss them. <laughs> Like I said, I, I joke with my girlfriend, Liz, is like, oh, I got homework to do. I got to read some <laughs> comics. Yep. And but yeah, it's basically what we do is we we collect comics for the most part. What our main focus has been as primers for Marvel and even like DC stuff that's coming out to get people that aren't familiar with how the comics are such a huge influence on the stuff we see on TV and in the movies and give them a little bit better grasp on what you can see what this a source is going to be used as a motivation or like a primer for movies and stuff like that and then also it's just fun to read and talk about comics you know always that's exactly yeah. that's why this show even exists <laughs> yeah you did just mention something brian that i would love to, completely off topic but i really wanted to hear from two individuals who also do a show and you're reading stuff, you know, uh, pretty consistently your girlfriend and Haley, your husband, like how, when they see you guys doing your homework, how, like, are they, are they like fans or are they like, Oh my gosh, you're such a nerd. Quit reading these books. Like how, how have they kind of taken to you being a uh, part of source pages? <laughs> I'll let, I'll let Haley a, go first. Yeah. yeah, my husband's a big reader. Like okay. we said on the last one, um, Brian sent him his a, a set of those, the, I'm going to call them the Lord of the Rings encyclopedias. And Nathan's <laughs> like buzzed through them. He's the fastest reader I've ever seen in my life. Um, Lucky him. And yeah, it's amazing. I'm kind of slower, but I'm also taking notes. And so he just looks at me. He's like, you're just so in your element right now. Aren't you taking notes on something you're reading? And I'm like, a thousand percent. <laughs> so locked in yes. yeah and on my and liz and i basically is this is sort of the medium when how we met oh awesome. you know so she is big she's been on the, the show before we did our our year end thing she's reading along she's already asking me so many questions about the uh she's already done reading the jeff lemire run of moon Knight, and so uh she's gonna right. read it again and she also was doing this beforehand we actually met through the network uh, the Stranded Panda Network, 
And it's basically like I met, I mean, it's not even a, a question in my mind now that she's like my, we call each other, we're our persons because it's like, she's my soulmate. We connect on so many levels and it's just like, she understands that she geeks out about the same things that I geek out oh. about. And it's just, it's perfect. So now it's just like, we've got her, uh, I've got her going through certain things that she's always wanted to do. And now it's like, it's cool just being able to do it with another person yeah that's related like that it's it's great doing the stuff with Haley because we would even do stuff outside of you know the comic books and stuff like that but it's having a person sitting there where we're both getting excited like we're watching peacemaker together and some of the stuff that pops up and it's just like we're both laughing and <laughs> reacting to the same way as that and especially with um with Haley and i Haley and i basically met through or became we had known each other, but became better friends through our mutual love of everything Star Wars oh, and seeing the stuff in Mandalorian season two and in Book of Boba Fett, where they ooh. start referencing all of the Clone Wars things, just like geeking out with like that. What that was that Cad Bane? Yes, it was. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> yes, God. It was. Yes. And then other people are going like ungodly early hours. Yeah, it's like five. <laughs> it's like five in the morning. and I'm just messaging. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just wait until you see this. Yeah. And uh, and then that's the thing, too, is that also helps us with sometimes what we're trying to go and cover next is things that you realize that not everyone knows or had seen Clone Wars. So they might not know who these people are that are just popping up. You know, me being a reader, when Cobb Vanth popped up in Mandalorian, he was introduced in the novels. It's like, that's the yeah. guy that had Boba Fett's armors in the aftermath novels. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's because the, the people that are in charge of the D Disney Plus shows, John Faribault gets a lot of credit, but Dave Filoni is literally like, he is Lucasian through and through. He actually studied under him with the Clone Wars and he knows there's people that know star wars dave filoni knows how to make star wars he knows what that the is inspirations true. are if you have any questions if you have disney plus read or go there's an episode of when they did the um Haley, what's oh, the, the name of their show. the gallery, yeah, gallery. where he sits the there season of mandalorian he talks for about 10 minutes and everyone that was there take a and fabro and everyone is just like just in awe with him explaining the motivations and why things were done this way. And they're just like, I never, Oh my God, you're right. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing I love about that is like, I've been knowing, I've been watching clone wars since it came out. And now everyone's realizing how great Dave Filoni is and how he can steer this ship. Right. And I'm just glad that he's getting a lot of the credit that he deserved. And he's been deserving for the last 15 years. So long answer to your questions. We're all well, a bunch of nerds. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part of that answer was that we switched very quickly from our people. And Brian was like, isn't Dave Filoni the best? <laughs> Dave Filoni is the best. And yeah. Truthfully, he is. Like, you're, you're totally right, Brian. Brian like, did karaoke with him once. Yeah. He did not. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's my favorite story of Brian's. <laughs> It's a, it's a, um, I can't, uh, we'll talk about it more after, uh, after yes. yeah, there was a, with me being, I'm involved with the rebel force radio star Wars podcast, which you is the, the world's no. yeah. They have a, there's a show on there that we 
do it's called the babu freaks which is jimmy max like side group and i'm in that and i've been friends of theirs for years and back when it was a lesser thing the clone wars i mean i've met ash and ashley Eckstein and james arnold taylor and all the guys from the show because they would come out to these functions and stuff what? And yeah so it's you have know. you ever met sam whitwer oh yeah he's a local boy he's from oh. northbrook illinois so yeah, I you know what I I don't I don't feel like I deserve to share the same my microphone and audio with you. <laughs> oh right now. no, it's yes, no, don't <laughs> no, trust me, trust me. It's you, I, I've existed in rarefied air. Well, Brian's <laughs> that's a, older. That, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I am a lot older friend. than I I'm a lot older than I act. Well, um, man, honestly, I could I could easily turn this into a Star Wars podcast, but <laughs> it is a Thor podcast, and we're here. Yes, that's right. To talk about Jason Aaron, Volume Four: The Last Days of As or Last Days of Midgard. Uh, this is a great, great story. It's all. It's also kind of two stories. So there's two main things going on here and I'm going to give a brief synopsis and then we're going to jump into kind of Brian and Haley's favorite parts. And like we did last episode, we're just going to kind of pull at those threads and see what we come away with listeners at home. I would encourage you if you have access to Marvel unlimited, or if you want to go buy a great book to prepare for Thor love and thunder, this is a great one to get in your collection. Also, I know we've come to a point where this is the fourth retrospective we've done. A great way to get a, a collected edition of these stories is the Jason Aaron omnibuses. Yes, he wrote so much Thor that there was multiple omnibus written for him. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with that word, it's just a giant collection of comics. Uh, so you get a lot of bang for your buck. So uh, just go seek these stories out and you can enjoy them just like the three of us have uh, through uh, reading them in the last few weeks. So here is our very worthy synopsis for the last days of Midgard. Thor battles to save Earth, but who can he fight when the planet itself is dying? S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Roz Solomon has a suggestion. The world's most nefarious energy company, Roxxon, and the ruthless new CEO known as the Minotaur. Has Thor met his match in the form of a multinational super corporation? Meanwhile, many millennia from now, a future Thor faces a very different battle to save what remains of the Earth. He battles to fight Galactus. King Thor and the goddesses of thunder are all that stand between Galactus and the planet he's been dying to eat for a long time. But even if Thor wins, the world is doomed. And in the present, Thor makes a final stand against the Minotaur, Ulick the troll and Roxxon's forces, but not even a god can save everyone. So, much like the last part of our retrospective, there is a lot to unpack there. And I want my my guests to kind of just pick pick one or two things maybe that jumped out to you from reading this, from that synopsis that uh, we can unpack over the next few minutes. Hard to choose in this one because <laughs> there's a lot of good. But I think the thing I remember most, and I read all of these last night, is King Thor in the future. Yes. Um, 
and his conviction, his dying wish to save Earth, even though it's just a dusty pile of rock, there's nothing there. Nothing will grow. It's dead. Yeah. It's a dead world. His conviction to save Earth because it saved him so many times was my biggest takeaway. I totally agree with you that his his um his motive is so pure at the end um and he goes to some pretty unconventional means to get rid of galactus yeah well i I saw that i was like whoa but i think also and and i don't know if this is the case i think that he used motivation of that he's doing it because he failed too many times before now that he's doing it regardless of it doesn't matter i am the the knight that's guarding the thing that has no value and is is gone anyway so yes plus he's doing it against old man galactus so <laughs> you know that is death that's just a i know he's not he's timeless but it just seemed like they were even showing him he drew him a little bit uh more aged looking too so they you know even old galactus too yeah but even with the thing now with everything if you guys haven't again a plug for something else the wastelander series on yes um on spotify when they're doing the old man hawkeye and old man the old man star lord and rocket was freaking so funny super good i have yet to listen to that one but it's really good my goodness just the voice actors of timothy busfield and chris elliott doing the two characters was just perfect but uh chris elliott is rocket (laughs) perfect casting (laughs) the one the one link between these two stories that i can bring out first here is that at yes. the end of the day the uh, crapster if you will at the end pretty much gets away like no like yeah. the, the slap on the wrist type thing you're talking about dario right the ceo of yeah Roxon? the minotaur like how did no wait wait all, when he was giving that press conference at the end i'm like where were you people what he turned into a minotaur him yes he's blaming thor for all this and thor's sitting there acting up because again what i alluded to in the last episode one of the things that they did to get thor to stop is they served him with a cease and desist type thing that you can't do this anymore because otherwise basically the way i took it was you keep doing this we're just going to destroy the town of broxton which they were doing anyway but he exactly. got he got handcuffed by legal red tape, you know, of all things that would could stop Thor. You know, the Hulk <laughs> couldn't, this couldn't, but lawyers can. But Brian, who shows up as Thor's lawyer in this story? Miss Jennifer Walters. Just Je- yes. yeah, Jennifer Walters. Miss Jennifer Walters, the She Hulk. Yes. One and panel. She- it was yeah. so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she was like so flustered with everything that was happening. She's just like, oh, this is great. Wait. But I did like the focus they had on what was the agent's name that Roz. Uh, Roz, where in the one issue he, this was, I think, at issue 12, wasn't it? Where he goes to her shield graduation mm-hmm. because she sort of like online invited him, sort of like, haha. And he goes and accepts <laughs> it. And then all of a sudden now it's like, their boyfriend girlfriend in a lot of people's eyes and she's like he's not my boyfriend <laughs> she says and, it so many times yeah and she's a field agent that's a environmentalist yeah so that's why she's going after Roxon because they're just i mean i'm kind of a you know a very 
uh, when I was in high school, my nickname was the Eco Geeko because I was very, I was one of the first people that I recycled a lot. I, I cycle all over the place. I do stuff that's wow. just, you know, this, it's just simple things that help, you know, but the fact is that, you know, they're going after Roxanne again, who their whole motivation be, in this whole story was just like, God, you're just a bunch of D bags. Really? <laughs> my God. It's just yeah. a, the money over anything aspect. And, you know, and it turns out that he's the Minotaur, the main guy anyway. Cause I mean, some of the, the lines he has is just like, um, oh my God, what he's, when they, the, the little diner and they're like, all right, everyone, we bought this, we're turning oh. it into Roxanne Burger. Everyone, you're gone, you're fired, go home. But, you know, everyone <laughs> is uh, eligible for a free upgrade of curly fries with the purchase of an equal uh, meal or something like that. I'm just like, what a bunch of jag bags, man. And the waitress is like, go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It, well, let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Dario. Dario Agger is the CEO of Roxxon. He becomes this monster, the Minotaur. But here's my thought about Dario. He's almost more of a monster when he's not the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is this i'm gonna okay mm, how do i want to say this um he is the very charismatic uh enigmatic um very self-absorbed uh ceo of a mega corporation he's hell-bent on taking over the world and making as much profit along the way as he can uh it would be shocking to me if Jason Aaron didn't find some real world inspiration, um, you know, or, or a conglomeration of, you know, oh, let's take the most, you know, despicable people in the business world and just make one amalgamation of them. But when you looked at Dario, what were some of the things that, I don't know, stood out to you about him? We've mentioned a few things, but he 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 permeates this story and he just feels like he feels he's so such a gross character yeah he's very much like almost you know i I had to wash my hands sometimes when he was on there because it's just like he's so despicable and so like real life where i'd just be like if if he was a real person i would just be i'm not you know i'm definitely not doing anything to give my money to roxon you know I know that one little person isn't going to do it, but mentally when I, I, there's, you know, companies that if they're just run or do bad things, it's just like, I'm not going to boycott them as a big thing. I'll boycott it myself because it makes me feel good like that. But yeah. him as a company, him as a, especially because they focused a lot on that. And some of the storylines are like, well, yeah. because we did this, we just lost $400 million. And it's like, well, we saved some lives, but it's just like, it doesn't matter. We lost this money. It's like, how much, yeah. how much value can you put on a human life? And obviously with him, it's, None because he was just like destroying this town out of spite because the way I got it, and again, I read it kind of facts is that Broxton is the town where um, Jane Foster is there, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So that's her, the town that she's living in now. And so yeah. that's why they focused on it. And it just, because at the end of it, they call it, they didn't, they changed Broxton to Roxon. It's like, we're even, what was the logo? Like where God's even fear to enter or something where like God's that. God's fear to tread. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't go there anyway because of, you know, legal red tape. The restraining he, order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had a restraining order against the whole town. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, Dario. He has no soul. That's the crux of him. That is yeah. a great way of putting that. He is a completely soulless bastard. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. The So Dario is kind of the main 
he's the main villain. He wants to get back at Thor. Uh, he's hell bent on taking Broxton down, but because Thor is Thor and, you know, Thor's got a Thor, he, he breaks the trespassing, you know, uh, mandate and Dario even sacrifices all of his lawyers. Uh, and Thor's like, Hey, look, you don't have any lawyers anymore. Uh, so he turns that, you know, I don't know, negative into a positive. Um, but then, uh, the rock trolls show up and Thor rekindles an old, uh, uh, a fighting flame with Ulick the troll. Listeners of this show know that Ulick is my favorite Thor villain. I know, and for the record, I know he's not the best one. I just said he's my favorite because he's this big bumbling brute and he's, he never wins. He's a, he's a lovable loser. Um, but he shows up and Brian actually showed us uh, when we were, we were in, in between these recordings here, he has a great Ulick figure. Uh, my gosh, it's just good to see Ulick getting some, uh, some acknowledgement in these <laughs> stories, but he's kind of like the head of security for Roxanne. Um, just got to get him in there. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some new characters that are introduced in this story. Haley referred to at the beginning, this conflict that King Thor, old, old man Thor has with G old man Galactus. And it's an avenue that we're, uh, that's used to introduce us to three fantastic new characters, the goddesses of thunder, Thor's three granddaughters. What did you guys think of these characters? So they show up to save, kind of save Thor as Galactus is, you know, um, getting some some pretty impactful blows in on the the king. What did you think of these new characters? I, I would love to know your opinion because you're new to Thor comics and these characters are brand new. So I, I would love to know. I didn't get super connected to them yet, but I, okay. I enjoyed them, especially in the last issue where they're, you see more of their personalities in that one because they're in the library reading different stories and you've got the impetuous one you've got the leader and you've got kind of the introvert right and those yeah. are it's like that's the trope if you have a trio yeah you have to sort of have all of those personalities so i would be definitely interested in reading more of them in the future and seeing where their adventures take them yeah i did like their i did like their they sort of had especially when thor king thor who I kept in my mind thinking of him because they have the way he draws King Thor, it makes him look just like Odin. And right? I guess that was the whole point of it too. Yeah. Is that the three of them were, one was pretty much like the angel on his shoulder. One was like the devil because, and then the middle one, like, I think that was the, uh, I forget which one it was, was sort of just like, again, playing the sides of it because one of them was just like, oh yeah, just, you know, you can't do this. And then the other one was just like, oh yeah, go ahead. And trying to, it's, it's almost like it's his conscious consciousness because yeah. or con conscience because yeah. he is just he's he's still that Thor where I'm gonna defend this planet I don't care yeah even so much to the fact that he wants to defend this dying planet that he goes to literally the furthest place he can go to to retrieve and I even knew about this the weapon and they made him what the yeah. like the, ne the necrothor because he mm -hmm. takes the black blade that gore the uh god butcher used to kill all the gods which he basically went and threw it at the edge of existence yeah and he went to retrieve it to kill galactus 
oh so cool yeah that that whole scene was cool and i actually liked the way that they resolved it was the fact that what they did the deed the the blade itself just you know disappeared and it, it got destroyed so it's like it's out of the, the because when the, when he came back and the granddaughters were like what did you do why do you have this like, <laughs> well because again ends might just by the means and you know they kind of did because the earth got reborn so hey, yeah it was the uh the the in the present day it's the tears of thor uh that you know they cause the world to kind of fall apart but in the future it's the blood of a god that rekindles the earth uh, i thought that was a really cool kind of duality there i also love that at the end where he sort of like had to settle with mars then as like that was the, the thing <laughs> yeah, he had to, second best. yes he's like all right well i can't have earth might as well have the the redheaded <laughs> you know stepsister over here oh. i guess so it was, and, and galactus is bonded with the all black at that point which yeah. is just a horrifying proposition uh, <laughs> because the all black is nothing to nothing to bat an eye at no. um the main present day story it it concludes with this big fight between dario the rocks on people and thor and then uh the fight doesn't really last that long the minotaur the minotaur uh side of dario really isn't a match for thor and Thor knows that Dario knows that, and he takes out Ulick and the Minotaur pretty quickly. He but... took out he took out you or he took out uh, Minotaur like on the first blow. Didn't he like drop something on him? Yeah, they really don't fight that long. No, like, it was like boop, done. It's like okay, he is powerful, <laughs> and that's why I say like Dario as just a man, as the CEO of Roxxon, is more of a uh, maybe a an imposing opponent for thor because he uses a very underhanded means uh to defeat him um i wanted to is he a new character uh dario is relatively new i believe i didn't go back and look this might be his first appearance i was gonna say because if you take the thing where it's like you take his first initial and his last name it's dagger like Dario Agger, sort of like how like Ernie Nigma is Enigma. So like I didn't even think about it until we mentioned it. Now it's yeah. like okay, so his initial like that he's Dagger. So that has to have some kind of significance. But again, huh. I'm very not well versed with the Thor side of things. So might be well, something to look into. I, I must not be that well versed as well because I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> so you know, Brian, if you want to take over hosting duties for me. <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to move to the um, the last two issues of this run because after this God of Thunder ends and we get original sin and then the title uh, is re- reborn as just Thor number one. But issues 24 and 25 serve as these epilogues for this whole run. So first in issue 24, the battle with Roxxon is done. Dario is still scheming to, you know, try and try and bring about uh, this, you know, world domination that he's talked about for, you know, this entire last days of Midgard story. But something happens in Broxton where the people of Asgard decide that it's time to go back home. It's time to go back where they truly belong because they've brought nothing but pain and suffering to Broxen. And Thor doesn't really know how to reconcile 
this because he he wants to leave them with something good because Broxton is leveled after their fight, you know, with uh, with Dario and and Ulick and, and all the forces of Roxon. I think we should mention too is the fact yeah. is that the trolls were there basically digging out like making these like they, there was sinkholes that were popping up all yeah, over the yeah. place destroying the city too and i'm assuming that that was due to the fact that the trolls were under there because when you like they brought a bunch of the trolls and i'm assuming that they pretty much just created these holes that would cause the sinkholes then which helped destroy the town even faster which made it look like um the asgardians or asgardia the floating city they had was you know all the their presence there was causing it not the fact that again we had mentioned that when all this was said and done Dario got away scot-free, blaming the Asgardians when it was him and the trolls. And it, again, I'm really going like, what do you, what's wrong with you people? And then again, it's you just like the Asgardians it. are just like, yeah, we got to go. And like, I get, I felt so bad for Thor because it's like, he's at the end still trying to just do the, the right thing. Yeah. And he's just getting stonewalled by everyone. And especially in this one, he's getting stonewalled by his mom too. So <laughs> So, but yeah, there, there's a lot of in, in the 24th issue, there's a lot of tension and a lot of struggle. Um, you know, I'm sure we were all happy to see uh, what Roz shows up at the end. And Roz has been fighting hard this entire storyline to bring Dario <laughs> to justice. And she doesn't end up bringing him to justice in the legal sense, but she does punch him square in the face. <laughs> Uh, and she's not was, violent. She's not a violent person, especially when she's just like, I had to kill what 11 trolls today. And then she's like 12, 13, 14, <laughs> because she's just sitting there, you know, and again, we haven't mentioned this at all. Her interplay that she has over the intercom or like her headset with Colson. Colson, yes. Is so funny because he's just being like, I could not help but just imagine Clark Gregg being that oh, character yeah. from the TV yeah. show in her ear, being that kind of snarky role it, it was just so well written but it was so minimal and especially like her freaking her uh her like updated lola car spacecraft whatever you want to call it, it was so cool i mean it's so yeah. multi-purpose and i owe know, colson another car <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. like, there goes a couple million dollars uh Speaking of Roz, there's a conversation that Roz and Thor have in issue 24 that I, much like his conversation with Ivory Honeyshot at the end of the last storyline, it kind of serves as a check-in as to where where is Thor now? Like, what is he thinking? Um, where is where is he at? And this conversation with Roz, I just want to read real quick and uh, maybe um, get your guys' thoughts of, of of this chat that they have. Um, <laughs> Roz does get in a crack about like you haven't been telling people I'm your girlfriend, right? <laughs> Just as like a funny little like intro to the conversation, and she notices that Thor isn't responding, so she's like, you know, Thor, you you okay? And Thor says, Roxon has won. Dario Agar is a murderous monster who consorts with trolls and yet walks free, and now even the Congress of Worlds has bent to his will. It has been decided as Guardia must go. You're leaving the earth, Roz says. I, but what about Broxton? Thor says, the first time I remember laying eyes upon Midgard, the people still lived in caves and fought one another with stones and sticks. 
In those days, I came here to make war, revelry, to be worshipped and feared, and above all, to destroy. The world and its people have changed so much since then, but have I? And Araz challenges him and she says, all I know is you will not find the answer up there or up here as she's referring to Asgard. And then Thor and the Warriors 3 and, and a bunch of other Asgardians, um, they're, they're Bifrost beamed uh, down to Broxton and they say, people of Broxton, I know this is a hard time, this is a time of great hardship for you all. But the gods of Asgard would humbly ask thee a favor. May we please be of assistance. So this final gesture before they leave, um, they've they've really brought nothing but pain to these people. Um, this last final gesture, um, Thor humbly offering to to serve them. What did you guys think of this this kind of change of tone? with how Thor sticks up for these people. And now he's like getting his hands dirty um, to help them rebuild. What did you guys think of that, of that scene? I'm, I'm just, I'm curious. I thought, oh, go ahead. I thought first off, it was very much like the character because he was the whole time fighting to stop this and to protect the town and it didn't work. And so they make this gesture like, yes, we're going to help. And they were kind of actually, the townspeople were kind of, like hesitant about it. And then that, the, the, I thought this, it went from being so heartfelt to being like, Oh my God, I started laughing when the kid was just like, what are we going to do? And then Thor offers up his freaking sky castle. Like he takes it from the floating platform and just plops it on the ground. Yeah. And you're like, here, this is where you guys could all live now. So there's this town in the middle of with they're in Oklahoma, right? Yes. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yep. They're in Oklahoma. And then all of a sudden there's this gigantic, like, uh, as guardian <laughs> castle there now that the people are going to live in. And it's like, it's got the big warrior edge. I'm like, okay, that put a little bit of levity in like, a, this could work type situation from being so dour, but it was just like, I, that was sort of Thor's motivation in my mind. This whole time was to save, to stop them and to save this town. Cause he feels kind of, you know, responsible for the fact that that happened. What about you, Haley? I felt like it was a little bit hollow from everyone really? but Thor. Thor is very clearly committed to helping. He doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay. And all mother is making him leave. She's, you know, she has a speech yeah. with him about you have to learn to let go. And I'm like, woman, he just <laughs> leveled this town. I'm mean, not not just him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Obliterated. And so you're gonna offer some gifts like here's a fountain and here's the i forget whatever else she gives them and yeah sorry we like, ruined your here's lives move some rocks <laughs> I mean, and then they're like bye you know i mean it, so uh, okay hold on before you go the, the stuff she, they gave him was she gave him a fountain with water that'll always be there and always be clean and like the seeds and stuff like that it's yes it was a very minimal gesture but in the long run i'm thinking i'm like that's gonna be might actually be more purposeful than this gigantic freaking castle that they got <laughs> But Thor's <laughs> gesture was like from the heart. Yeah, it was just, it, but it was also kind of just like, oh crap, I forgot a gift here. Here's you know like you know the one thing uh, I have closest to mind. Yeah, just look around like, oh my god, it's the most organized. Here you person. go. 
it's like it's like when you you're going to a christmas party and you're like oh shoot there's a white elephant gift exchange uh (laughs) just uh what's the randomest crap i can grab flip flop (laughs) yeah (laughs) just like oh someone's gonna get this and not like it i'm gonna (laughs) re-gift some stuff um (laughs) that's really funny um but then you know then the the issue ends um and we're left with one more issue that really has nothing to do with the rest of the story. And I kind of want to just get maybe some quick thoughts about issue 25, because the story of God of Thunder ends and we get basically two, two short stories. Brian alluded to this earlier on in our conversation. One of them is one of the stories is Thor fighting frost giants. And um, it, 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 I'm sure that it ties back in later on in the run, but the first story was I found it to be much more significant. It is Malekith's origin story. Right. And like we learned so much about him. Like what were some of the things that, that you both learned about Malekith and maybe um, gleaned from that origin story we get of him? That he was basically just like treated like crap. Yeah. You know, it was just like the sold for you know sold sold for food so the mom could feed the dogs you know that was pretty much it i mean he lost he was the 13th brother and other 12 sons died in the war and he was the what the 13th son of a 13th son type thing you know so it's kind of more like the negative side of being like the seventh son of a seventh son type thing (laughs) but good reference um, by the way but yeah i mean this is whole like kind of him rising from literally being thrown away like trash to being, you know, not on top of that, he's a, he's a powerful sorcerer. Yeah. He's he's very great with magic. So it's like, he went from, you know, it's a true, like, even though it's an evil side of it, but it's like a rags to riches story. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, plus the context of the whole issue being that the three goddesses of thunder have to strengthen their minds as well as strengthening their swords and their bodies. So they make them go to this library, which by the way, the one of them already read all the stuff in there. Yeah. So it's like, it's a good way to get these other stories in there because it's in the context with that. We're still focusing on them on Midgard in the far yeah. future. But then I also like the way that it segued into when Thor came back at the end and he's like, where did you get that? And he <laughs> they grabbed the story from them, you know, about the whole, you know, the reveal of Jane Foster as Thor. Yeah. So that was the big, like, whoa, I totally forgot about that. I mean, I knew they were alluding it to it because the whole can, because that was the thing too, at the end of issue 24 was that Jane Foster was talking with Freya. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And she basically was just like, um, working something out again it was it was a quick read so i don't remember the whole plots of it but it was just at the end i thought didn't she ask her at the end he's like so how have you met the new girlfriend and (laughs) (laughs) like so it's sort of just like oh maybe she is interesting because in in this run too um the walter of seller of real estate or whatever walter seller of real estate (laughs) yeah he's not in the picture anymore so no he's not you know he couldn't handle it no so Haley, what about you? Uh, and this last issue, uh, there's a lot of little um, allusions here uh, in uh, Malekith's origin story, um, some reveals towards the end. What what um, in the last issue maybe jumped out to you? 
I liked the Malekith origin story as well. Not okay. a lot to add to what Brian said, other than why he's called Malekith the Accursed. And yeah, he's he maybe had an opportunity to bring himself out of the circle of misery that his life was, but he chose not to. Instead, he chose a mm-hmm. path of darkness. And so his mentor with his last dying breath is like, screw you basically for the rest <laughs> of your life. And so I, I liked that yeah, story yeah. about him and the whole thing with the frost giants in the sea. I'm not even going to act like I totally understood what was going on here. <laughs> Neither will I. <laughs> <laughs> I just was kind of like, okay, flip, 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 skulls, flip, water. I don't know. Skulls, yeah, <laughs> water. <laughs> the, um, yeah, Jane's book being in chains and kind of the ramifications of yeah. what does that mean? That means that young people of Asgard don't know about the mighty Thor. You know, that's kind of an interesting thread well, to pull on maybe because so- it wasn't part of like the bloodline i mean because she wasn't i mean she was a she was a mid guardian that became worthy to wield mjolnir and become thor like that so i mean i had never before that happened i remember when that um came out again promoting other podcasts if you guys listen to this week in marvel or the pull list they yeah. go through and deep dive for 45 minutes of all the new stuff and i've been listening to it for 10 years now and i remember when great show jay Foss, it's a great way to talk about this is the one hey uh, ryan panagos is the yes. host of it and he's the guy that we tag a lot because i talk back and forth with them on twitter i'm like hey come on to source pages <laughs> now if we got freaking agent m on there it would just be like oh my god this is awesome we got literally he's uh, he's the guy made into a Marvel character too, but he's, I think he's the director. He's basically like their online director. And yeah. you know, he's, he's, he, he's like the Marvel version of, I mean, I can't even compare the fact that how much I know about star Wars. He knows 10 times that about Marvel. And it's just I have asked like, him to be on this show as well. So I'm, I'm yeah. in that same book. <laughs> he probably gets that 50,000 times a day. But, uh, part of that's got to be flattering. And then part of it's got to be like, I have other things to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But with that being said, is the whole, I remember when Jane Foster became Thor, it yeah. got kind of a chilly reception at first, but then people read, kept like read the, how the story evolved and were like, oh, yeah. this is really cool. This works. Yeah. So it's just something that's new. Sometimes if you try to break too much with tradition, people are just like, oh, that's not going to work. So automatically it's, and it's just like no, try, if it doesn't work you go back to the old thing it's fresh it's like the whole new coke thing from the 80s we tried it didn't work go back to the old thing that's fine if it works great you know and tell us more about new coke <laughs> it was we weren't alive when that was yeah. thing. <laughs> a it was terrible b it was probably the best marketing campaign ploy in the history of uh, in the 80s, there was a literal cold war between the two. Coke was losing. They bid this whole thing to make new Coke. Tastes more like Pepsi. People didn't like it. Like, like bringing back old Coke, and then it beat Pepsi then. So, boom. Simple. You know, wow. mar- marketing. <laughs> Listener, you did not expect that. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. even, I don't care how good you are at guessing. You didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I, wa- I wanted to mention kind of as the, the book concludes is we don't know Jane Foster is this Lady Thor at that point. Because one of the one of the no. goddesses of thunder says, "Ah, a lady with a hammer." That's all we know. Yeah. In the book, the book that's wrapped in chains, it doesn't say, "Oh, hey, once upon a time Jane was Thor." The title of the book just says, "Unworthy," mm-hmm. and the last panel 
is Thor being unable to lift the hammer on the moon, which is a reference to or original original sin. sin. Mm-hmm. Right. So really the reason that I, what I, what I thought, you know, why the book is chained up. It's not, not because Thor doesn't want anybody to know about Jane becoming Thor. It's because he doesn't want anybody to know that at one point he was unworthy. He was unworthy. Yeah. It was a shame of his past that they were sort mm-hmm. of blocking. And since that was him again, at first I was like, why is Odin not? Where, oh, that's right. It's not Odin. It's Thor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's one like, eyed, one armed Thor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It looks yeah, it looks just like Anthony Hopkins in you know the movie. Oh. So, oh my goodness, um, guys, that 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 wraps up this part of our Jason Aaron retrospective. I want to thank you guys for stopping by for two whole episodes. Uh, spend some time with our listeners, spend some time with me breaking down these Jason Aaron stories before we get out of here. Uh, there's anything you guys want to plug with source pages or uh, other projects. I, I give you the floor um, as we, we check out. Um, well, I'd like to officially, and I haven't mentioned this to Haley and I'm sure she'll probably hopefully agree with me, but I'd like to invite you to be on our, when we do our retro or our primer for <laughs> Thor uh, love and thunder that we do all be honored the movie so i yeah, think we're, we actually, we're having the same wavelength <laughs> i actually went and looked to see like what's which books we have picked out because we usually do uh six or eight different books that will tie into it okay. and so we can we can um we probably we, we usually do it about a week or two before the movie comes out just to get it closer to the absolutely so we'll probably be looking at the end of june and uh yeah so we'll just be um We'll we'll do that for source pages and I look forward to it. Well, thank you. And but yeah. if you want to follow us, please do. We can you can listen to us on pretty much every single podcast platform that exists. And we also have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. So if you want to keep up with what we're reading and what we're doing, follow this. Yep. And the Stranded Panda chat on Facebook. Uh, we do a lot of uh, promoting there. We got our own Facebook page. We got sparkpodcast at gmail.com is our email. Um. Yeah, that's. I think that's all the plugs. Yeah, trying to do it. Haley is our curator of our online stuff, and she does a great job on Twitter and Instagram. I, I play the old card, like I do it up Instagram, but sometimes she comes out with this interactive stuff. I'm like, that's really cool. I don't know how to do that, but <laughs> honestly, if I could, if I could do podcasting without social media, I would. Uh, yeah. But no, but it's it's. <laughs> It's one of the the, the contextual uh, consequences of, of living in the world. So, uh, yeah, go check out Source Pages on all of those things. They've got a bunch of Moon Knight stuff coming out around when our episodes are coming out on, on this show. And I'm sure we'll be talking about Doctor Strange. We'll be talking about, you know, Thor, all the Marvel shows that are coming out. A lot of great DC movies are coming out this year. So mm-hmm. Source Pages will have you covered um, and what do you guys always say? Don't judge a, a book by its movie. Yep. <laughs> that's one. That's one of my, uh, <laughs> by the, I stole that from something I heard a long time ago and it just, it's stuck because it makes the most sense. Exactly. I, it, it came in the, um, the realm of me being a big Stephen King fan. And for a long time, yeah. Stephen King movies were just atrocious. Like it did <laughs> like when misery came out, it was finally the first good adaptation. Cause the most time it's just like, don't please so don't judge a book by its movie because a lot of times you know again it's just loosely based i found that out recently with uh, a product that was that came out on amazon prime where the novels are like the american version it was like the guy that was 
this writer was inspired by Tolkien, who then himself inspired George R. R. Martin, and they took his books and they're making it into a TV show that absolutely just took the name and then ran with it and made it a completely different thing. And I'm like, why? So again, it was first first episode got done. I'm like, don't judge a TV show by its, you know, or yeah, don't judge a book by its TV show because. <laughs> I stopped watching it. I was so, it was literally the first time I got so overwhelmingly like drained of this. Like, I know. And I was so <laughs> sad afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And if you feel like Brian about certain movies and television shows, go check out source pages <laughs> uh, where he will not steer you wrong. He and Haley will take care of you when uh, you're about to hit the theater or press play on whatever streaming device, you know, you're going to watch the show on. So yep, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been a, it's been a hoot and a holler. So uh, we'll uh, see you uh, down the road. Later. There you have it, everybody. That is the fourth part of our Jason Aaron retrospective. I want to thank Haley and Brian from Source Pages for stopping by and just checking out some cool comics with us. They're great at reading and reviewing and bringing different insight to these stories. And previous to these episodes that we've done with them, they really hadn't read a ton of those stories. So it was good to see a fresh perspective of Jason Aaron's work through their eyes. So I hope you enjoyed them. If you did enjoy their takes and some of their, you know, cool, <laughs> cool, what I think funny takes on stuff, we, uh, we would love for you to go check out source pages and uh, give them a subscription, a follow, rate them, review them, all that stuff, follow them on social media. And I'm sure they would be very thankful for that. As we head out here, though, I want to just uh, maybe fill you in on something that we've got coming up soon. There's so much great Thor stuff that's coming out in the next few months, and we will do our absolute best to cover all of it as we get closer again to July and Thor Love and Thunder. There's so many things coming along with that. But most of you know that this last week, Moon Knight came out and debuted on Disney+. And in the past, we have done away... We figured out a way to cover those new shows and movies through the lens of Thor. And I can assure you, we will cover Moon Knight when the show is done. So if you're like, hey, how do Thor and Moon Knight intersect? Have they ever intersected? We will be covering some comics where, yes, the two do go head to head and they they fight and they they uh, have a great uh, big smash em up conflict. We will be covering some issues later on after Moon Knight has concluded and we're bringing on a special guest for that episode, but just wanted to fill you in that we will cover Moon Knight at some point. Until then, and until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, I wanted to encourage you to check out our Patreon at the link in the description below. Check out all the episodes, the exclusive podcast, and some of the great little fun stuff that we're putting up on there for you guys. Support us there and join the Thor Core. You can also share this episode with a friend. If you have somebody 
that, you know, like, like reading comics with Brian and Haley, it's so much fun to discuss comics and characters and themes with other people. So if you share this with someone else, you can share the gift of Across the Bifrost with them. That would be a great way to also support the show. Until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, I encourage you, dear listener, friend of the Bifrost, to stay worthy.